Let's just do it. Everybody's already right, listening right me. now, right? They're already listening <laughs> as we speak. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, uh, big things I want to talk about is I am, you know, the folks at home know that I've been doing shipping, which uh, I've been getting better at it. Some some people will be like, man, this is slow. Now, some sometimes the number one thing I've learned about shipping is nobody really, because I don't either. I'm including me, number one in this. Nobody really reads about what a pre-order is. They think they ordered it, and because of Amazon, that it's going to be there in two days. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah, people this, don't read stuff. Yeah, I mean, they just don't read. It's not their fault. I understand it. They don't. They can't read it. You know what I mean? And you don't want to plaster it everywhere that you're not going to get your stuff for a month. But like, we did a pre-order, and then you know, it's been like twenty-something days, and I got most of the order, but the order was screwed up, and so then it got. The second half of the order just came, so I'm fulfilling those all last night. I'm down from like 200 orders down to under 50, maybe around 40. Uh, but another of the the second shipment got screwed up, so we got we're supposed to get like 22 XLs, and we got eight three XLs, and so I got two two XLs, and I'm like, well, there's nothing I can do, but I understand the only people that uh, our customers look at is us. Why isn't Emory doing this? You know what I mean? So I get it. So that part's frustrating about the shipping and fulfillment world is that you, I have, there's so many components that I have no say in. Like if the printer messes up or, you know, uh, anything like if there's a power outage mm. at my house, I can't print shirts or ship stuff or whatever. Um, and then the biggest, most worst one that just destroys me is international shipping. Part one mm, of international yeah, shipping. Sucks. It's ridiculously expensive. Like the cheapest I ever see it is $30. And oftentimes it's 45, 50. And so we have to charge for that, and it makes me feel bad because I think our our customers in you know like Australia or some are thinking, oh man, Emery, couldn't you just cut me on that? But I mean, we would have to pay fifty dollars out of pocket to get you that shirt that you're paying thirty dollars for. Yeah, <laughs> so, you know what I mean. So it sucks. I mean, ideally, <laughs> bands have international merch companies that yes. print and ship there, but we just don't have all that. I know. I don't know if it's worth it or not. You know what I mean? Like. It, it probably to some degree, but we might could find somebody in Europe and then a person in Australia just to do it. Cause I, yeah. I would love to give our Australian fans cheaper prices. I would love that. Yeah, so maybe you can't maybe do it some, everywhere, but you can do it in some place, some territories, the main ones. I think, parts, I think parts, of uses, parts of Europe and then Australia is all I would care about. Right. But here's the thing I don't understand either. Katie and I've been looking into it. I would say 85% to 90% of the international shipments I send totally go through and everything's fine. And then there's 5 to 10% that just get returned. I just got one from Australia and it said could no one claimed it. No one got, and I'm like, "Well shit. I got to I got to get this back to them, but at this point, okay, if they didn't claim it or something went wrong because of the post office or whatever, because it's our company, we probably have to take the hit. So do I now we do pay another fifty dollars to get it to them in Australia? You know what I mean? Like that's I, us now yes. sending yeah. that to them again and praying to God that it gets there. Yeah, I mean that's it. Feels like the post postal service should take some responsibility. I guess you have to pay an insurance or something. Or I don't. That's, that's true. Just oh, that's true. Maybe I can start looking or, into. Yeah, maybe I can start looking into international. Is that for? Interest, but I'm sure is it's that expensive. for return packages too? Not just lost or damaged or something. Oh yeah, I don't know. Like a return one, maybe they still don't give you insurance on it. Yeah, maybe not. I don't know. So it's tricky. 
it's really frustrating. I get it, but I'm like, so <clears throat> Katie and I are going to talk with uh, our company that does our shipping um, uh, <clears throat> service and see if there's any way we can just guarantee that the packages will get there. That's that's what we're going to do that next week because otherwise it's just like, damn it, this is so sucky. It's so funny, though, because think about, like, there's levels to the complexity and how complicated that stuff is. Like, somebody ordered something, yeah, and all they want is the thing, right? Right. Like, if I order something, I go, oh, I like that shirt. I'm going to yeah. order that. And then they go, okay, well, now it's in their hands. Yeah. And then you get the – or no, we get the order – and hopefully it was printed correctly. And sometimes mm -hmm. it's not, like you said, sometimes the wrong sizes are sent or the wrong things are sent. And so that's looks bad on us. Right now, maybe there's a way for customer service to say, Hey, sorry, we got the wrong sizes, whatever. But there's a lot of levels to that. And then, then the next thing is the, sh the guy who's printing is hard. That's also hard, which right. you're about to get into. Yeah. is also hard. I mean, hard. you have to get, hundreds of these shirts in the right sizes with the right designs at the right, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so that's a lot. And yeah. then the next thing is when you're shipping and then there's a postal service <laughs> that has billions of packages shipped every so and much every day. Of course they're going to make mistakes or of course they're not going to get like every level of everything that happens is very complicated. Yeah, you're right. Luckily, the systems work pretty well, but I mean, it's yeah. Insane. Overall, the systems work great, and I, I think too. One of the things I think really has hurt people as far as understanding stuff. Do you remember you used to send a letter, and it was like a week before anybody. Mm -hmm. It didn't matter if it was just like less. You know, if it was just from like no. Greer, South Carolina to Charleston, South Carolina. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it, would, it, it would take a long time, and everybody's like, "Okay, this is snail mail." You know what I mean? And now with Amazon, you're like, "What?" No. I, I just, I mean, I'm shocked when it, it's, uh, Amazon takes three days. Like if it takes three yeah. days, I'm like, yeah. Ugh. Amazon has has just made everything better and absolutely worse. I mean, it's like yeah. it, the expectations that we have because of Amazon only right. is just unbelievable. Unreal. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a real monopoly on that. Like, you know, I know there's like Alibaba or whatever. It's kind of similar, but still like, I mean, no one like, I'm still surprised. People, you know, were doom and gloom about a oh, one day you'll see Walmart will crash. I don't even know. Walmart makes some real changes and are making some improvements that I think it's going to be around for quite a while because they already have all the land. So they can literally ship stuff always in bulk to their businesses as mm -hmm. a storage in your town, in every small town everywhere and have that there. Whereas Amazon has those big warehouses, like Champagne has a big Amazon warehouse has one, but I have, we have two uh, Walmart's and then the next town over has a Walmart. All the, you know, there's Walmart's everywhere, so they'll be able to pivot and use those in ways as uh, warehouse storage facilities. Even if people stop shopping in person as much, the, right? Amazon. I mean, Walmart's in great position, but um, anyway, okay. So uh, I wanted to just talk to y'all about that for a second because I'm starting this. I'm excited. I'm a little nervous. I'm going to be buying a printing press from Hawthorne Heights. Um, and I think I'm going to go there this coming Monday maybe and get it. But there's a lot to do there with, like, my startup, Poppy, their drummer. He taught me for two days how to use this machine. And it, it probably was so great. I promise y'all. He was just, like, exactly everything you'd want in a teacher. Like, totally chill. But uh, 
uh, like so relaxed. Even if you messed up, it's fine. He's just comforting, like in a great way, but always telling you a harsh reality, too. In a, you know what I mean. So he's not mm-hmm. like, oh, don't worry, everything's gonna be fine. You know, like, like JT's like, you're gonna make a thousand dollars in a day if you just do. You know, JT's like this dreamer. <laughs> you know, he's like, it's gonna be amazing. It's gonna be the easiest thing. Go, just go pick it up, bring it to your garage, start printing money, man. You know, you know, he's like, you know, JT's the idea man who honestly is the driving force behind that band in lots of ways but uh i appreciate poppy like kind of is more like the he's you know he's a woodworker he works with his hands he's been doing printing forever um but it was really nice because he would just also say well you know this uh, you know you'd ask him a question you go no this is what it is and, you, and it, like it, i just really enjoyed it like i thought it was a very fun it was like one of the better times i've had a learning experience even though it was like all day for two days and exhausting because there's so much i mean it's so much prep when you're using this press because it's an automatic press it's not you know the hand uh squeegee it's the automatic squeegee but uh it was really fun learning how to do i mean one color and then two colors and then all the stuff you have to do with the screens and setup and all the equipment, you know, there's, there's a lot to it, but it was really fun, but I'm nervous. Cause you know, we're going to drop some cash on this thing and then um, start printing church. But even if we just print them for Emory um, and I was even going to tell everybody y'all should order some, I, y'all have some Toby. I, I made 50 shirts, 50 of our, uh, I will wait for you forever throwback shirt. And then 50 of our fishbowl guy with the blue, the, mm-hmm. the hoodies have purple. This one has blue. And I think they turned out great. Like I was really stoked on being able to do this. Like I, I thought it was really fun. And the cool thing about printing shirts is for me, it's going to be so good for my brain to go. You have to go slow or else you'll really fuck up. You know what I mean? Like, like that's what I love. Like I can't mm-hmm. rush through trying to, uh, add the, uh, is the emulsion or whatever on the screen. So that then it goes through here and heat this up just cause I got to get 300 shirts done. I'm not going to do that. That like he that's what he was saying. He was like, "Listen, you should no matter what, never take a job you you don't feel that comfortable about. And if it's something too much, like if somebody's like, yeah, I want three colors on the front and four on the back, and could you have that in three weeks? You just go, no. Like you're not going to chase money with this. It will come to you with this business in a way because people need t-shirts. You know, even if that's locally or bands that we know. I mean, we have so many connections. And I'm not not necessarily trying to get rich, even though I would love it. But what I do want to do is this is kind of like a side hustle for when I'm home and I can just go, hey, I'm not on tour in August, even though we are going to be, by the way. Um, but like if I wasn't on tour in August, I go, I can print shirts then. So I can set those up and say, hey, I can have these to you August 15th, you know? Yeah. So that's really cool. Second. All right. I'm talking a lot. Y'all got anything? Y'all, do y'all want to hop in with anything you need to talk about? <laughs> I mean, well, you know, we I just mean, my life's kinda... my life's crazy. Sure, Matt went to South Korea. So what? That doesn't seem that crazy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll talk. Uh, okay, All let right, me just get one, one. let me get one more thing out about the printing because uh, I want to run this idea by y'all because you know people like hearing behind the scenes. This is songs and stories. So this is the story of Toby trying to figure out how to run a business. I just went, the reason I was, uh, couldn't start till 1030 is because I just bought two 35 pound weight plates, uh, from a guy for 40 bucks. I was like, oh, this is awesome. Cause those are like a hundred dollars each. Um, and he was selling both for 40. I was like, this is going to be so cool. Cause my, I can lift weights in the basement. I, I need two more. I wish they were 45s, but 35s are great, especially given this price. Um, so Devin, I went to his place. It's, uh, right across the street from, um, what's the cool bar, the sliders bar downtown champagne uh, you know yes, right uh, downtown. seven saints yeah 
um, that place. Um, it's right across the street from there. It's bigger than Hawthorne Heights place that you and I went to. Mm-hmm. And he's moving out of it, and they will rent it to me for twelve hundred dollars a month. I'd be oh, really. In, I'd be in downtown Champaign. That I mean, be the awesome. the best location in Champaign I could be. Um, and I was like, "Huh? Do you think?" And so he said he's going to connect me with them, and you know, I'll see. And they he said there's other spaces too, and I was like, "Huh?" So the big thing would be if I was going to rent a space, maybe. Still would want to be able to like make some noise, play some drums sometimes. Like the guys are in town, that would be our practice well, it, space. Or is something. it? Is it above? Because there's a. It's funny because there's a bar called Poor Brothers or what? There. Um, is that what you're talking about? It, anyway, there's a bar there. Somebody got shot like a week ago right there. It's not mm. a bad part of town, but there's some kind of. But I mean, some that's kind where everybody goes to hang out at night. I mean, that's no, I know the, it's it's a yeah. good area. It's yeah. not dangerous, but somebody got shot and they died. It was somebody who worked at the bar right there. But Shit. it's but that's a cool little area there. I was wondering if it's like above a bar or is it like uh, residential for noise? Because if you were uh, up a bar, it wouldn't matter. It's probably. above like a little uh, shoe repair shop. <clears throat> oh, okay. Like Geppetto. So, yeah, yeah. He came out. He's like, "Hello, I can fix your shoes yeah. if you get this place. <laughs> I like you. <laughs> I'm a Mario. <laughs> um, yeah. well, that's he was cool, a, though. A cobbler. <laughs> this is a cobbler. <laughs> but I was like, and the place is huge, though. I mean, it would be awesome. I mean, for storage, for everything. I mean, I could do everything. I don't think I could live in it. But this guy was like, uh, he's kind of almost like an American Pickers guy. Like he has all this stuff that that entire. He said he's had it for ten years, and he said he's just trying to sell stuff <laughs> and clean it out. So he like found a, a lawnmower in there and he just sold that today and then sold me the plates and we were talking and uh, he said he would connect me with him. So I'm at least going to ask, I'm going to look into it. And I was like, that, cause I mean, that's cool. Yeah. Honestly, if I could get that space, cause he's moving out no matter what, I bet he would let me go ahead and move the machine in there. Like what if I just moved yeah. it in there immediately? Like, can I you rent half of it as a rehearsal space to bands yeah. and make, you know what I mean? Well, if I could make maybe, maybe make 600 by parting out rehearsal rooms or something. Right. Yeah. I'll, I'm going to talk to them and just see. Like it could be a real. They want to sell the whole building, so my goal would be try to rent it, see if I could get it like stuff. That, now here's the problem: what the guy told me, it's not zoned for a uh, a business. Business, yeah. So you couldn't have a worker because they don't have the right elevator for somebody that like is handicapped. You know what I mean? Like, like you have to have a correct. So you'd have you may if you actually wanted to make a storefront out of it or anything somehow you'd have to maybe make some real changes, but they want to sell the building anyway. But I bet the building downtown champagne has to be what a million. Probably. I mean, that would, I think it would have to be, I mean, I, it is huge. I mean, it's a mess. It, like the space that he's renting for $1,200. <laughs> I just, I mean, I was like, gosh, I wonder if I could even just turn this into my house and like rent my house and live in the thing. Like I might would even consider that. Now you talking. My kids wouldn't care at all. They would love to be downtown. I mean, and there's parks. Everywhere. Now you talking. So then I yeah. just live downtown and then, and now, but now I'm a little nervous cause you're right. I was wondering why was he, cause you said somebody got shot and um, the guy that showed me the plates, he actually was covered in blood and he said <laughs> it was just his own. And it, so what if he was the killer? <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah, I mean, He's a really nice guy. I'm, I'm joking. That's a great area. So, I mean, even just the location and everything, I mean, it'd probably go up in value just because of the university and all the right. I was like, stuff, man, you know? shit, if I could just live there for a little while 
and then just go from there. I don't know. I'm gonna be kind of, my kids would lose their mind if we lived downtown. They're, you know that? I mean, the, the nightlife. I know. Dude, oh, I love oh, it. God. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's why it's probably dangerous for me. I'd literally, if I lived there, uh, <laughs> you know, half a block away is a awesome bars. Like, actually, really cool bars. That uh, Seven Saints bar is amazing. Yeah, it's a cool place. It's a great bar. So. <clears throat> That's I cool, don't know. Though. I'm just thinking about it, but I, like I've been looking forever. I've never found anything that cheap. Yeah, I you mean, mean, you got to have your ear to the ground to find yeah. a lot of that stuff. People they get snatched up if it's a good spot right. usually. But that's cool. I mean, so I think we'll it's see. fun. I mean, I remember we went and you know, you know, evaluated the printing setup yeah. a few years ago because we were interested in it, and it seemed a little daunting. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, oh man, that's a lot. But right. I mean, it feels like it's the right thing to do, and is simple enough to be able to work, you know, just print stuff for us. And then beyond that, who knows? I mean, you can take off pretty good. Yeah. I looked into so much stuff and for us, just as a band, it's going to save us money to print our own shirts. Like it, it, it will pay for itself. Even if just Emory is the only client, if you will. But, yeah. um, I do like to having an automatic press. I don't think at 47, um, want to start pulling squeegees Manual. across shirts. Yeah. 300. 300 times a day that that seems physically not sustainable i could do it now but when i'm 55 i don't want to do that but if i get really good on this machine really learn some stuff and do that and then yeah get a space or something gosh i mean it would just be so awesome maybe i yeah i don't know i don't know it would just be cool so anyway all right i wanted to just drop all that on you i have something else i want to talk about but i want to hear about matt's surprise trip to south korea it, one thing that was really funny before about Matt's trip was I thought was so funny was because y'all I don't know what you paid or whatever for the flight but I remember the whole part of the whole deal was like oh we could pay five hundred dollars and get business class to Japan potentially or South Korea whatever yeah, the original was Japan and, yeah. and I was like oh man five hundred dollars for business class that's because I mean it's ten thousand dollar ticket I, or whatever. I know I was really considering it. I was like, that's amazing. But then <laughs> they were all. Then I was like, oh, where are you guys going? And Aaron said, no, we're going. We had to go to South Korea instead. And I was like, well, that's cool. Um, I was like, so how's business class? <laughs> and Matt goes, I'm in fifty three B. It's fifty seven B, which is the, the exact back row. That's right. The, the very back row. So very what back happened? Middle. Business class wasn't available at all. So it's a buddy pass, and Aaron's. Right. Um, so Aaron's wife works for Delta, and so me and McDonald were going to go with Lunsford. And the, yeah, the pitch was, "Hey, y'all want to go to Tokyo for the weekend and fly business class?" I said, "Well, yeah. I can't. There's no way to say, no, say to no, that. no to that. Right? There's right. no way, even no matter how much I'm gone, or I was gone with songs and stories two weeks ago, and I got a bunch coming up. But like Bridget, really, you, there's no." way i'm gonna say no to this because what am i gonna do be sitting here saturday afternoon looking at y'all you know right well, could she's be so Tokyo. mad she <laughs> no she like, was i mean she understood but i mean that's where she wants to go to it's like the right. main thing she would want is to go to tokyo um it's one of the only places i've ever wanted to go that i haven't had the opportunity to go to and it's not that i want to travel all over the globe but tokyo yeah business class yeah and it was going to cost about 500 bucks and then aaron it's because he got he did good with his sales this year he just like he made a bunch of money in his job and and then he had his mother-in-law in town so he says, i'm just doing this he said i'll pay for the airbnb or the hotel or whatever so all you gotta do is pay for your buddy pass which is about 500 bucks and so i was like that's just a, a no-brainer yeah. um mm-hmm. but it's standby and he flies a different class of he's an s2 
and then the buddy passes are S four as far as your standby class. Oh, okay. and so he, so he has a different you know priority. But when he's looking at the flights, and everything as it's getting close, he's like, well, Tokyo's looking that flight's looking more full than it looked like when we planned the day. So it keeps shifting, you know, as we get closer because um, we just planned it a week or two out. And then, um, but no plans or anything. So that's what I liked about it. It was just saying yes to something that's undetermined. So to me, that yeah. all the adventure part of it is part of it. It's like no plans, don't know where, it, don't even know exactly what day we're going or what nation we're going to. I like that kind of. Yeah. But we did. I did think we, I, you know, originally that was the idea. So then we moved it a day early and decided to go to Seoul, South Korea instead of Japan because the flight looked better. And then you got to worry about getting home too. That's okay. Cause you right. fly standby. If you can't get on the return flight, you're just stuck. So that's right. the other thing that makes it, you know, intense in that way. So the South Korea moves sound really good, which is just, you know, if you look at it on the globe, it's just, you fly over Japan and flew right over Tokyo. Um, yeah, that's cool. and that's where you get to South Korea. So, um, so we did that, and then when we got to the airport, it was just pretty busy on that flight. So we got bumped. Aaron got Comfort Plus on the way up there, um, and then me and McDonald got just main cabin. And then on the way back, we did get Comfort Plus, and Aaron got business class, and we missed business class by two. Ooh, like the next yeah. two people in business class would have been me and McDonald on the way back. Wow. So just oh, missed it. But we spent forty-eight hours, a little bit more than forty-eight hours, probably fifty-something hours in South Korea. Just. Just went cool. there, got off the plane, said, I wonder what we should do. I wonder where we should stay. Yeah. And did that for, you know, two and a half days, just straight. It was just, I mean, it was very awesome. So I can tell you about South Korea, what I learned, but it's on a, you know, it's, a, it's, a. you can, you can just ask him whatever questions you have, but it was, it was a, it's definitely one of those, exper- you know, a transformational experience where you get the, I was really looking forward to just being in um, the East without having any, like getting there and they're here, the promoter's going to pick us up, we got to be there at eight or whatever it is, none of those things. Just I'm right. there and there, I don't have to do anything or meet anybody. There's nothing I have yeah, to do. Yeah, that's like, what that I, was, that's cool. I totally that saw that while y'all, while y'all were there. I was yeah. like, wait, they don't have to play a show. You right. know what I mean? Like like that that yeah. part is, you know, there's like no stress. Like, right. It's, and I didn't Let feel any burn. I was spending like seven thousand dollars, right? So yeah, I, was, cool. I mean, I did not spend a thousand dollars. Wow, that's awesome. I, I mean, I did not spend a thousand. I mean, all of my money, the Ubers there would cost as much as anything, and I mean to get to the airport and back and all that. But uh, I mean, right. I did. I spent under a thousand dollars total, including the flight. So and yeah, got awesome. a full, you know, two like two days of really being out there and doing it, you get a lot, like you could do a lot more in a week or something, but the two days is you get the full, full deal. So no pressure, no obligation, no kids, no wife, no shows, no, nothing. So, I mean, and just to be in the East and then take the, then what the way I would frame it after that is there's the shallow level of drink this, eat that, see that. And then there's the deep level of what is the, what is this whole culture ancient to now in the world? You know, the whole perspective, the deep stuff, the spiritual, the mm-hmm. everything. So, you know, all just to get that perspective in a wide open way with nothing like that's to me, that's just like perfect. So that's what's so good about it. It's just, you know, right, I have so, a, a more understanding. So my question is best thing about South Korea. Like you're there, you're like, if you're going to say, Hey, it, this is what you're going to love. What's the, what's the, the thing. Is it the food? So it's 9 million people. 
in that city. And it is just, you know, like remember we went to Brazil and it just looks like the city just goes every direction forever with skyscrapers. It's like that. It's like that. But, and so you get, you're getting driving from the airport and you're coming in, you're just thinking, okay, so it's an endless city and it's giant. It's 9 million people. Seattle has less than a million in the city in in the relative terms. In that greater area, there's more in Western Washington or the whole Seattle, Tacoma area. But, yeah, and it definitely look. It's at least ten Seattle skylines. I mean, no doubt about that. Like when you come back and see Seattle, it's like, oh, that looks big, but it's big in one spot, and this is big in you know multiple directions, big. And so you get you get that feeling coming in, and then you're thinking, okay, so is it? So and you you have that picture in your mind of Tokyo, where it's insanely dense and crazy and neon and bright and fast, and you're thinking, you know how New York feels. So I'm thinking it's like that, and then you just drive in um, with the taxi. And it is not like what I'm, I don't know what Tokyo is like, but it's not like Manhattan of the East. Like you, like I imagine Tokyo is, and then some futuristic neon. I don't know. That's how I think of Tokyo, but this is like immediately when you're getting in there, you're thinking, so it's not intense here. It's not intense. It's not, I mean, it's calm. Like, Oh, like the guy, do you just drive around slowly drive toward the hotel? Like it's not, it's not pressurized at all. Do you know what I yeah. mean? Like it yeah. feels the, just the calm. Like it feels like you're in a, yeah. It feels like you're in a small place. Like the, oh. when I said, you know, the emotional, just the sensation, the, like the pace is just people. And it's just, it just doesn't feel intense and scary and fast. Like that, yeah. that doesn't feel that way. Despite being big, it feels very, very safe, very approachable, very like you don't feel like okay, I'm in a city, I need to really do right. You just do not feel that way at all. You just feel like, oh, so I'm just it's just easy. It's like that is the feeling. And immediately the strong feeling was like and then I'm looking around thinking, but is this even a big city? Like it doesn't feel like a big city, but it, I'm seeing it big. And and so that yeah. was the the paradox of trying to get figure out what is different here. Um and is it cultural or whatever. But the um but it's just then the next was level of that is that very clean. Did, and did that like when you go to New York, there's street vendors and all kinds of stuff. Was it, it was it similar that way? It had they had street. It's just it was very it's very clean. It's very organized. It's disciplined. It's not you know stinky or it's not. It doesn't have that craziness like you you would think. Like it doesn't feel this crazy international hustle and bustle. That's not how it feels. But it is big. It is modern. It is nice. Yeah. And it is foreign. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's right. foreign. They felt it, foreign it, being there. Yeah. 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 You don't like, you don't recognize or know what this is and what that is, but it's, you know, but it has, so basically it's, it's a lot of Westernness to it there. So it's like this, you know, it feels like a, a Western city. It's not like if you went to Vietnam or India or anything like that. Like right. it's not, it feels more like a Western organized nice city where they keep it clean and and it's the well policed i think is the vibe i'm getting that they do have a good police presence and like they leave the stuff outside of the shops like the food and even alcohol like sitting outside of the stores and nobody's gonna steal it like definitely not like not even is everybody saying pretty pleasant 
Yes. Okay. So, so then, okay. The next level is the food and everything for being in such a massive city that feels like totally premium or whatever. That's a stupid word, but that's one way to, to get it in your head. It's, it's not expensive. So probably half the price you would maybe think that something would be like maybe $7 to go into some restaurant in the cool place and get something that would be $16. You would think it would be something like that. So, and so that and the beers and stuff, I mean, they're just, uh, the food, it was, it just basically is cheap, not cheap like Mexico or a third world place, but cheap for especially being that. So that is really, so that's just the foundations. Like what a good place to be, go anywhere, eat and drink, feel like you're not spending a lot of money um mm-hmm. and you're just getting all this you know and so and, and that way is really awesome and then the thing that's interesting that i, I i'm that i can piece together out of it that's cool is like they're not like very nice very nice people who you feel are very respectful and all that stuff and i would not at all say cold but not interactive so Nobody talked to me much, and I don't think much people. It felt like nobody would even look at me. <laughs> oh, really? That's the way I was, yeah, it's like because I'm pretty used to even if I walk around in my neighborhood or a U.S. city, I I am always noticing me being noticed. Right. I'm. I get noticed. I feel eyes on me. You know, and maybe I cause it, but I'm I've, since I was a little kid, I've always been used to. If whether or not I'm trying to get attention, it's going to find me typically because I might stick out or be weird or like yeah. this or that. So especially in a foreign country, you got this big, tall, goofy me walking around. It's like I'm usually aware of be, being in the awareness of others. And in this place, it not, was not like that. It was like hmm. I felt not invisible or cold. It wasn't that. But they are like a discipline. They're, like if I look to make eye contact or have an interchange with somebody it's probably not coming back. They're just going to continue. Like they're not intrigued by me or anything, which is yeah. weird. Like it's an odd feeling for me personally, based on the way that I typically interact in the world or notice things. And I wouldn't even say that's bad because it just made it feel easy and sa- it was fun, but it's just like me and McDonald once were just walking around as if we totally belong there and we're blended in and visible. Nobody cared at all. That's cool. So it was like, it felt like you could like invisibly just participate in this totally other culture. So communication wise was fine. Like you, uh, you spoke English or did people speak English like fairly well? I mean, it, not, there wasn't much communication. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know (laughs) why it was, it was pretty easy. You just walk around, you do what you want to do when you're in the restaurant. You look, yeah, you might point or whatever, but maybe they know enough English. Um, you know, the first place we went, we went to this restaurant where, um, the, it was just this weird place that we found McDonald found somehow that was supposed to be good. And we went to to it and it was this weird place up in this place. We didn't even think it was there. And we found this weird stairwell where you went up to it and it was just this room with the, the, and the guy, when we went in there, we said soup, cause it's a soup thing. And he was like, he, we didn't, couldn't communicate with each other with language but he was trying to tell us probably we don't want to eat here i think but it was really nice and we were like and we just mcdonald's like no soup soup and and then he's like okay and he let, let us come in and sit but this place was um they only have one thing and he was the only person that worked there and he makes a bowl of soup and it's 
I mean, it was the absolute greatest possible soup and meal that I, I don't probably, it felt, I mean, as an experience, that was nothing better because he was, that is awesome. It's just That's cool. one guy and he makes this soup and all, you know, all these bowls of these little foods. I don't know what they are right. and spreads them out. And it's this very nice, cool thing, but it's just a restaurant and, it, and the sign said owner chef restaurant and it has chicken soup. That's and that's it. And he, everybody that comes in gets what he gives them, and he's the only person that works there. And it's just his that place. And it so, feels, I bet it's so good. You could, oh, it, I mean, it, it couldn't be. There's nothing, no way it could be better. I, I can't explain all what the foods were in the bowls right. and how the soup was. And, but um, it's obviously an ancient like thing. Like it's not something. Right. It's just whatever a family had done or would do for many generations to get as good as the way this is. Right. And he makes that food in that place. And you just, so that's so and cool. Was, and he, and is the nicest possible, like the softest, <laughs> most gentle man I ever encountered, <laughs> you know, well, it's probably <laughs> a generational thing. I mean, it kind of reminds me of, uh, Kung Fu Panda. There's a, his dad, his dad makes noodles and soup. Yeah. And this yeah. is passed down generation to generation. He wants him to learn how to make noodles and soup because it's yeah. good. So, I mean, right. I can yeah. see that being like a family heirloom, which is really – that's like going to somebody's house and just eating the best thing they make. Right. Yeah, right. That's so and that's cool. like I would, I'm so glad they didn't have a menu, and I would never want to have to – You know, I, I would yeah. do that every day if there was that every. I would just go to the place where the person makes the thing that they know. Like you could almost see that at a barbecue place or something. It's like you just go right. and get the brisket at the brisket place, and they happen to have a menu, but even they shouldn't. I mean, it's just yeah, have you're one right. thing. Yeah. That's a great point. You're right. Like that feels so much better. You go, I want soup. This is what they do. You know what I mean? Like no, this, say, I want to eat what less you make. choices is so nice. Like that, just the yeah. actual less yeah. choice thing is sounds like. Well, so and, and all the time you go to restaurants, I do this often. Like, what do you recommend? What's the best yeah. thing here? Right. But even still, you know they make mean? twelve things, and you say, "What do you want?" But what if they only made one thing? I know. And they serve yeah. it the way they serve it, and you get it. That is the best. Everybody knows that's the best. But you know, you should. I'm sure there is more of that. But uh, that's that was that was really really good and so then yeah, on the cool. deeper level then you know the second day or one of the days we spent that we walked all around and did museum like stuff so um the walk-in is just awesome and so um we did the war memorial the korean war memorial and then second we did the national museum both were far but walking distance in, in one whole day so that and i mean you know how I like the natural history museum in new york so yeah. It's kind of like that experience, but from their perspective. So not only are you getting the history and the everything else, but you're getting it. You can see it, them procure their curation of natural history and history and their war history and their ancient civilization. It's all the way up is like really connected. Like it, like it starts, like when they look at the war memorial, it's like the, total war memorial all the way back from that even at that place it kind of feels it starts in ancient times because every place has had conflict and war throughout so it's like the dynasty this and the first kingdom that and then there was this mm -hmm. and, and all the way up because all that plays into what eventually is the you know the most recent and major war that shaped the whole place north and south korea the korean war so that to really uh, that was just just i cannot explain how cool that is to like see how the people were from ancient history, prehistory, even it starts. They just talk about, you know, 
uh, when they started making tools and stone tools and then there's a this and there's a kingdom and then all the way up. So my grandpa was in the Korean War and my grandpa and grandpa yeah, met there. So I've always known about, but had no knowledge of it. Just like, yeah, yeah, Korea, Korean War something. But now it's like, I feel like an expert, not not because I really know all the facts, but I just know the shape of and can connect to and see what it was and what the Americans, how the Americans did, what it has to do with communism and China and Russia, and my grandpa, it, and what North Korea is. Like, it's like finally, all that stuff just totally now makes sense to me. I could just talk about it like I'm a, I could, te- I feel like I could teach classes on it or so, like tell stories about it, even though I don't really mm. know the yeah. facts. I just can connect all those things all at the same time by just spending the day in that museum. But um, you know, I, le- I learned a bunch of stuff, but it's just the. Um, like that war destroyed the Korean war was like, it's Russia and China coming in with communism and us after, after world war two. And, you know, before that Japan had taken over, uh, in like 1919, Japan had like annexed Seoul, taken part of Korea and stuff like that. So that whole area was like under a lot of pressure. Like it was going to get something happening to it one way or another. And they, the communists like had came in and were going to like really, probably to make it all communists or whatever. It was right after World War II. So America had to jump in real fast and sent like 300,000. Like the Korea, South Korea had like 600,000, and we sent 300,000 people to fight that war. And make, One of them was my Paul Paul. Yeah. And, <laughs> I mean, and they destroyed almost all the cities in the 50s, were absolutely destroyed. So now yeah. that city I'm talking about that we're in is so big – all of that has happened since then, since our grandpas yeah, were there crazy. to now. And now it's bigger than any city here except for New York, you know, basically. And and, right, and perfect and well run because, you know, they got to build the city in totally in modern times. And there's yeah. a lot of Western influence. And then all of our tanks and all of our equipment is over there at the memorial. It's just like all this American stuff. So you go, oh, so they think we're like they think we're awesome. You know, they appreciate like we're part of their history of this city yeah. and it's only it's not it's like a hundred miles from north korea i mean north That's korea crazy. the place where there's <clears throat> right, you know, scariest place to be is these exact same people that live on the other side of some yeah. line That's yeah it's these people it, are this yeah. way and it's like you know and then not far away it's just north korea with the lights off well that's just what i mean even just listening to you talk first of all first thought is can you imagine like you just took a nice luxury trip to yeah, South right. Korea, but your granddad, my Paul Paul, my granddad, like they, my granddad grew up in the middle of nowhere, Georgia. And then all of a sudden when he was like 18, 19, 20 was in Korea fighting. Right. To, you know yeah. I mean? like, yeah, to you risk know I mean? his life to right. save theirs and get, have them get this city I mean, that I can go have soup in. Like that's just, I don't, I don't really visit that enough of what that actually meant. And he survived and saw his friends die and all kinds of, you know what I mean? Like it was, you know, you know what I mean? Like it, yeah, that's crazy. He, he wouldn't even, I, I think I was pretty young, but he'd never, my dad even said he never really wanted to talk about it. It just was not, you know, he, but that's so wild that that is the case. And then that obviously South Korea is doing totally great and amazing or wonderful people and don't need a ruthless dictator. No, to, I mean, it's, to, they're to, awesome. You know I mean? Like, LG, yeah, the people in North Samsung, Korea are the same. LG, Kia, Hyundai, you know, or, you know, they, they, their companies yeah. are great. Their products are great. But, you know, yeah. it's, 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 they, they're the freaking K pop music and all that right. like there. But with that, a lot of that's, 
if there's a Western and an Eastern fusion there, it's it's yeah. it's over fifty percent totally non-religious, nothing. And wow. then um, twenty, it's like twenty-four percent Christian, and only sixteen percent Buddhist. Even though the ancient, you know, has all that stuff, so it's actually low, relatively low hmm. Buddhist. But you know, the ancient wisdom, and it's like all it, I don't know, just like the whole system is built different and backwards, but it's still global and modern with the Western overlay, but only since 1950. I don't know. It's just weird. It's crazy. That's, cool. that's awesome. That's a, that sounds like a really cool trip. Yeah. I'm jealous. Now there's one thing that Matt's leaving out and we are going to go to part do. And Matt's yep. going to tell us about how you ended up, you did because you were outside the radius you cheated on your wife don't say any details oh yeah don't say any details don't say any details we yeah, want them to right, join yeah. emory land before we need we, them to join emory land before we go over to part two let's talk about our shows coming up and yep. all that kind of stuff too so we're going to be going on tour uh march 14th augusta georgia march mm -hmm. 15th atlanta march 16th pensacola 17th mm. tampa 18th mm. i'm sorry 19th orlando 20th west palm 21st mm -hmm. Ponta Vedra, I think Ooh. outside of Jacksonville. Yeah. March 22nd, Birmingham. 23rd. My birthday. Oh, yeah, that's right. And we're going to be in Birmingham for that. That'll be fun. We're going to get loose in Birmingham Memphis, on my birthday. 24th, Nashville. We're going to be doing some dates in May. We're going to the mm -hmm. Midwest. Yep. Make sure you check all those dates and shows on emorymusic.com. You get tickets for the main show with the mm -hmm. Almost. We're playing the Weeks In. They're playing the Southern Weather with Matt, Chris, and Dave as his backing band, which is really awesome. Yeah. And then uh, you can also get pre-show tickets for us and Aaron Gillespie playing acoustic. We play like Sounds six so songs. Good. So fun. Uh, hang out, take a big group selfie, just kind of hang out for a bit. It's really fun, really cool. You can bring up to two guests with one ticket. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> deals. And we got lots of stuff going on. We're going to be doing lots of shows this summer, uh, which will probably lead to my divorce. No, uh, Devin. But, Anything you need to know about divorce, let just come to me. I'll, I will come to you. You you, you are the expert now. <laughs> but we're going to be doing lots of stuff this year. Uh, it's going to be awesome. So go to emorymusic.com to check it out. You can join, you know, Emoryland, obviously, and we're about to do part two where you get all the uh, extra episodes, extra music, all the video specials. We've done a bunch now. Mm -hmm. So you can get all that stuff at uh, emorymusic.com. Sign up for Emoryland. Yep. Right so, on. Join us over in part two because what happens in Korea stays in part two. Yep. <laughs> Got it.